It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Sitka Assembly will consider relaxing rules around sales on public property to allow kids more opportunity to perform for visitors when it meets in regular session tonight. Under current rules regarding sales on public property, only the word musicians is used. A proposed revision would amend that language to persons, including individuals, entertaining the public by speaking, acting, dancing, singing, playing a musical instrument, or other performance. Everyone would still have to obtain an annual entertainer permit for $10. No amplified music or vocals are allowed. The Assembly will also consider allowing excursion vendors to offer separate tours from their spots around Harrigan Centennial Hall after the morning rush. It's a relatively light agenda for Sitka's municipal government. There's an updated lease for the municipal lift station behind Ace Hardware and a grant application for a Thimbleberry Bypass project. The Assembly will also approve promoting Ron Vinson from Interim Public Works Director to Full-Time Public Director at a salary of $152,000 per year. The Assembly meets at 6 p.m. in Harrigan Centennial Hall. Raven Radio will broadcast the meeting live beginning at that time. A doctor in Sitka is taking his former sports medicine practice in a new direction, music. Although retired, Don Lehman still consults with the many professional musicians who come through Sitka every year. He believes performers are subject to much the same physical demands as athletes, as well as the pressure to play when injured. Dr. Lehman recently spoke with KCAW's Robert Woolsey. Don Lehman has had a long relationship with music, and how could he not? While the rest of us were in college doing keg stands, he was in an alternate reality. One of my doormates was a uh, cellist uh, you might have heard of by the name of uh, Ma. He's in Yo-Yo Ma. And he used to play in our common room every Sunday, and I'd read the New York Times from me to you away while he was playing the cello, and it, it was pretty incredible. By this time, Lehman himself was a lapsed cello player from childhood, and he had also retired his trumpet from the school band. Nevertheless, music and musicians were never far off, as his family would drive on the weekends to Tanglewood to see players like Nathaniel Rosen, the first American cellist to win the international Tchaikovsky competition. Lehman instead chose to study medicine, become a doctor, and move to far-off Sitka, Alaska to join a family practice. And one of my first days at the clinic, uh, who walks in but Nathaniel Rosen with his son who had an earache that I took care of. And it was just, anyhow, it was uh, just, you know, I was amazed to meet him and it was such an honor. During his long career as a physician in Sitka, Lehman became a fellow of the American College of Sports Medicine and made treating athletic injuries something of a specialty. But lately, he's turned his attention to musicians. Nathaniel Rosen was just the beginning. Sitka has many of the world's best in town every year, and Lehman realized that, medically speaking, there was significant crossover. So many of the performers, like the athletes, uh, have a tendency to hide their injuries, to play when they're injured, because there's so much stress involved that if they don't do everything just right, they're so easily replaced. And as a result, Most players, it's estimated that well over 50% of orchestral players will have injury and be playing with injury over their lifetime. Lehman says the American College of Sports Medicine organized a subchapter in performing arts medicine about eight years ago. Why did it take so long? 
like everything else, it had to do with economics. The big difference, though, is comes when it comes to uh, salaries. That is, most athletes are getting nosebleed salaries uh, there at the professional level, and most uh, professional musicians are lucky if they can earn a living wage uh, doing what they love to do. And in terms of health care, it's even a little you know more more bizarre. Sports teams have doctors, physicians, trainers, dietitians, counselors, you name it, and they've got them there. Uh, orchestras generally have nada uh, there, and so they are on their own. Being on their own means going to the musician's family doctor, who might be inclined to suggest that if something hurts, stop doing it, which really isn't practical. Lehman says performing arts medicine is also intended to educate providers about treating musicians who can't afford to remain sidelined for long and who are putting their bodies under physical duress that doesn't meet conventional expectations of athleticism. The goal in music is artistic perfection. Uh, You know, if you're playing baseball and you hit the ball three times out of ten, man, you're a hero. And if you're in the... uh, orchestra and miss three notes out of ten, your career's done. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. And it's, so instead of the big power muscles, it's the, the fine, uh, the smaller muscles, repetitive, uh, repetitive perfection. I think they've estimated that in some of the Rachmaninoff concertos, there's 32,000 notes uh, there. Is that athletic? Yeah, I think it is. Lehman informally consults with the Sitka Music Festival and International Cello Seminar and has dealt with everything from colds to neck and shoulder pain to a broken foot bone. But a lot of his work is like any other medical practice, offering advice on exercise and diet and how to avoid the things that even non-musicians fall victim to, like diabetes and heart disease. It's a way to stay engaged, support what he loves, and, he says, I can vicariously appreciate all the cello music that I never played. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Ketchikan's only 24-7 homeless shelter is in the center of downtown, surrounded by popular tourist spots, homes, and businesses. During recent city council meetings, several people who live and work in the area have turned up to speak about how they feel affected by the shelter's users, who they say participate in dangerous or illegal behavior on a main walkway. In the second of a two-part series, KRBD's Regan Miller reports that the city council wants to discuss a variety of ideas for change. Mike Weston works at Bodden Street Brewing just down the block from First City Haven. He spoke at a recent council meeting. I can, I can count on one hand how many times I don't have somebody coming into the window staring at me, trying to talk to me, obviously high as a kite. The shelter's lease with the city expired in May, but it's complaints like Weston's that are driving the discussion around what renewing the agreement should look like. There are a lot of allegations and concerns, people being chased on streets or yelling and making passerby feel unsafe. There's been public testimony on the topic at both council meetings this month. Ketchikan's council members all had different ideas for how to tackle the topic. Some, like Abby Bradbury, wanted to see operational changes inside the shelter. She suggested reducing the facility's hours and potentially its capacity. Capacity for me is is a big one. Um, I understand we have a lot of people who um, are needing services right now, but um, there is a limit to what 
you know, a shelter that square footage should be housing in there. There is a limit. There is an appropriate humanitarian number or, you know, square foot for people. Reducing capacity is one thing that staff at the shelter say would cause a real problem and could make people more aggressive as they vie for help. Councilmember Lilette Kissler said allowing fewer people in would only fuel what others are complaining about, unwanted behavior on the streets. And it's the thing, same thing that's happening with the people that are being pushed out of the shelter because they're causing problems, is that they're going and they're sleeping on people's doorways. I mean, where are these people going to sleep? Other ideas that were tossed around dealt with making changes outside of the building, putting up a barricade around the sidewalk or organizing a neighborhood watch in the area. Councilmember Riley Gass said he was happy with the services provided inside the shelter, but outside is different. I think one small, solid step in the right direction would be to really put an emphasis on that small area between the building and the sidewalk. Jay Matani emphasized that he didn't fault anyone in particular, and homelessness isn't something that just exists in Ketchikan. It's everywhere, and it will take everyone to come up with a solution. I'm sure reaching out to people in different communities within our community who have experiences and who have the expertise. And at the work session, bring, come up, bring something to the table so we can discuss it and start arresting this problem. But it will take time before any changes in or outside of the shelter will happen. A Ketchikan City clerk said a work session could be set in August for more discussions. Until then, the shelter is on a month-to-month -month lease and would need 30 days notice if that changed. In Ketchikan, I'm Regan Miller. After two weekends of fishing, John Fernan won Wrangell's 2023 King Salmon Derby with a 42.5-pound fish caught near Point Ward on June 25th. It was only one of 15 fish entered in this year's King Salmon Derby, according to Wrangell's Chamber of Commerce, which puts on the event. Fernan will win an $800 grand prize. The leader after the first weekend, Mark Soderberg, will win $400 for his 30-pound king caught near Burke Bay on June 17th, and a 27-pound king caught by by Neil Soderberg near Kindergarten Bay takes third place and a $200 prize. On the kids' ladder, under 13 years old, Lily Stearns will take home the $100 first prize for a 22.5-pound king caught near Turn Island. Mariah Mork comes in second with a 15.8-pound king caught near Nemo. And Carsey Christian is third with an 11.4-pound king caught near Bend. Wrangell's King Salmon Derby this year was a pared-down affair compared to years past. There were fewer fishing days, fewer way stations, and much smaller prizes. Wrangell's Chamber of Commerce will hold an award ceremony at 6 p.m. on July 7th at Downtown Pavilion on Wrangell's Front Street. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.